ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story for this week, Grand Gathering 3 News. We have a ton of Grand Gathering 3 News, Grand Gathering 3, taking place March 17th through 19th in Westlake, Ohio, at the Doubletree Hotel in Westlake, just outside of Cleveland. I'm going to start with the schedule. We have a schedule of events for Grand Gathering 3. I'm just going to go through it in chronological order. This is the Friday through Sunday schedule. There has been talk of a possible pre-show on Thursday. I know a lot of people will be arriving at the location Thursday. I plan on arriving late Thursday. so. They may be able to get access to the space they've reserved for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on Thursday night, in which case there may be some sort of pre-show. No details, no confirmation it's going to happen, just that's in the works. Now let's talk about the schedule. I'm just going to go through this Friday through Sunday, morning to night. Friday, start time 10 a.m., end time 12 p.m., That's noon. This will be open play, featured matches, and territory battles. I'll talk about territory battles once I'm done with the schedule. We have a little information about that. The general manager did a fireside chat Monday night. That's John Calais. Talked about Grand Gathering 3, briefly mentioned territory battles. I don't know what all of the featured matches are going to be schedule-wise, except I do know that before the next event, the event that starts at noon, we will have the Trios Championship. The Trios Champion, Bobby Ohio, with the Firing Squad, will face Challenger Chugonomics playing as Warlords of the Sea. After this, starting at noon, we will have the Trios Tournament. From noon until 3 p.m., There will be the Trios Tournament. The winner of the Trios Tournament will get a shot at the LFF Trios Championship. There are two competitors booked for this tournament. Those two competitors are the champion and challenger that are going to have the match right before this tournament starts. So you can't play as the Firing Squad or as Warlords of the Sea in this tournament. All other trios are legal. That's scheduled to run until 3 p.m. Friday. Starting at 3 p.m. Friday, there's going to be a singles event. This is a six-stop singles event where the winner will receive a shot at the six-stop championship, the Deep Six Championship. That's scheduled until 5 p.m. From 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., open play, territory battles, featured matches. From 6 p.m. until 10.30 p.m., there will be a singles event. The winner of the singles event will receive the Cookies Fortune. This is an ability to cash in for any championship. I believe there will have to be some negotiation between Calais, the general manager, and whoever holds this. 
but basically Cookies of Fortune is similar to the money in the bank that WWE has. From 10.30 until midnight, there will be more open play, more territory battles, more featured matches, and drafts. Drafts will usually involve you buying some sort of 1-27 through 27 deck, usually a payoff pack. They're also releasing something I'll talk about later called the Old School Packs. Those could be part of the drafts as well. There's a note with the drafts. Drafts are not part of your entrance fee. All the other events are, but if you want to do a draft, you'll have to buy the payoff pack, old school pack, whatever they're using for the draft. You have to buy into drafts. Every other of these events is included in the cost of your Grand Gathering 3 tickets, which I believe those tickets are still on sale on supershowthegame.com. They are getting close to being sold out from what's been reported. I don't know that for sure. If you're interested, I'd buy the tickets sooner rather than later. And then finally, Friday, scheduled from midnight to 2 a.m., Super Show After Dark, hosted by General Manager John Clace and Loudmouth Leo Larynx, including special challenges. That could be anything. Now, I'll mention this here. You'll notice from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday morning, there are no scheduled meal breaks. It's going to be up to the players to figure out when they want to step away and grab something to eat. I don't know if there's going to be any food ordered in. I don't know if there's any food on site. I'm not too familiar where this location is. I have been there once. There was a Marktoberfest held there once over a year ago, but that was a one day event and I wasn't too concerned about getting food before or after. With this being a three-day event, that's going to be more of a concern. Saturday, same start time as Friday. And it'll be the same start time Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 10 a.m. start time. 10 to 11 is open play, territory battles, and featured matches. Not as long of an open play as Friday. 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., Tag teams. This is the two-player tag teams, two-on-two. The winner will receive a shot at the LFF Tag Team Championship. That's scheduled from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., so right through any sort of normal lunchtime. Again, food is going to be on the attendees to figure that out. Scheduled from 4 p.m. till 6 p.m., hardcore tournament, regular rounds. So there's going to be a hardcore tournament. The winner of the hardcore tournament will get a shot at the LFF Hardcore Championship. The hardcore tournament is going to be split over two days. This two-hour period on Saturday is the preliminary stages. This will determine the top cut. The top cut will play on Sunday. I'll talk about that when we get to Sunday. That ends at 6 p.m. From 6 p.m. to 6.30, another open play. Featured match, territory battle, block. From 6.30 until 10 p.m., the grand battle. This is the over-the-top battle royal elimination style match. The winner of the grand battle will receive a shot at the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. That's scheduled to end at 10 p.m. From 10 p.m. till midnight. Again, more open play, territory battles, featured matches can happen here. More drafts can happen here, more payoff pack, 
old school pack drafts can happen here. And I'll talk about the old school packs later. And then from midnight till 2 a.m., Super Show After Dark, LFF Cosplay Party, Special Challenges. Not sure all the details about the LFF Cosplay Party. I don't know if that's you cosplaying as competitors you've made, as other things. I'm sure we'll learn more about that as we get closer to the date. That wraps up Saturday. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., open play. More territory battles could happen here. Featured matches could happen here. 11 a.m. until 2.30 p.m., the Tornado Tag Team Tournament. Again, it's you playing as a printed Tornado Tag. The winner of the tournament will receive a shot at the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship. From 2.30 until 4 p.m., the top cut of the Hardcore Tournament. Saturday, they had the opening rounds. They determined the top cut. The top cut will play on Sunday. The winner of the top cut, the winner of the tournament, will get a shot at the LFF Hardcore Championship. And then from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m., any remaining featured matches will happen here. I don't know if this means that at 5 p.m. they no longer have the space, the space closes, or if that is just when they have decided that they will end the event. But 5 p.m. Sunday is the last portion of Grand Gathering 3, and that is the schedule for the event. Now, in addition to all these tournaments I just went through, there are two other things going on. One of them is Territory Battles. I'll talk about that first since I've mentioned it a ton through reading the schedule. There are three territories in the LFF. The Midwest Coast, the Tri-State, and the Deep South. When you arrive on site, when you get there, when you sign in, you're going to receive your promo cards. There are three promo cards. There is a foil version of Gathering the Kendo Stick, Gathering the Steel Chair, Gathering the Ring Steps. So those cards at 10, 11, and 12. They're going to have the Grand Gathering 3 logo on them. There are also going to be three promos at numbers 1 through 3. I don't remember what the names of those are. But what they do is they will stop any grapple, submission, or strike respectively with over the top in the name. These are stops that you would pack, presumably for the Grand Battle matches. That's what they're designed to do. They're designed to stop those over-the-top cards, which in a grand battle are also finishes. In addition to that, you're going to get a sign-up sheet. The sign-up sheet's going to be color-coded based on your territory. If you live in the Midwest Coast, it'll be one color, Deep South another, Tri-State another. They're still working out the scoring system, but there are going to be points awarded for winning tournaments. If someone from the Midwest Coast wins the Grand Battle, points will be awarded to the Midwest Coast. And those will be tracked, I believe, on the sign-up sheets. They're talking about doing points for people who make the top four. So if in the top four of the Grand Battle we have one Midwest Coast, two Deep South, and a Tri-State, they'll award points for that. There may be other things that award points, but there will be points awarded for success, for victories by a person in a territory. And then at the end, they will figure out the point total aggregated 
over the number of people there. So for example, if there are, I'll throw out a crazy number, 10,000 Midwest Coast points, but the Midwest Coast has double the amount of people that the Tri-State or Deep South have in attendance at Grand Gathering 3, there'll be an adjustment, so it'll be sort of points per attendee. They'll figure out that number, and that number will be used to determine who is the territory of the year. That's the gist of how territory battles is going to work. They're still shaping up the details. They're still working out how this is going to function. So we should know more as we get closer to the event. These territory battles, from what I understand, because it sounds like based on the schedule, in addition to winning the events, there may be territory battles you play during the open play time that you can score points for your territory there. Again, all this is still being worked out. We don't know 100% what's going on. In addition to the territory battles, there's going to be a Play Pure tournament. The Play Pure tournament is not going to have a scheduled, blocked-out time. Instead, it's going to work like this. When you sign in, you will receive your matchup for your first match in the Play Pure tournament. You will also be given a deck list sheet that you'll have to fill out with what competitor and what cards you're using in the Play Pure tournament. Again, Play Pure, no spectacles, no entrances, no skill requirement cards. I believe you have to use your competitor's printed finishes unless they don't have a full set like AR Fox, GoGo. I can't remember who the third one is. Um, Drew Gulak, I think, is the third one. Unless it's one of those competitors, you have to use the full set. Again, the rules on that, I believe, are posted on the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook. But it's the standard play pure rules. Anyway, turn in your deck list. You find out who you're going to play. It's up to you to get your matches played. It's single elimination, so if you... When you keep going, if you lose, you're done. These matches are to be played during these open play sections. Also, and I'll mention this too, it is not a random seating. Jeremy Steigerwald, who's going to be running the Play Peer Tournament, he's the Play Peer General Manager, will get an attendee list from SRG Universe. So he'll know everyone who signed up. He will pair everybody using this list, and he will pair it according to what he thinks are equitable seedings. He's going to pair you know, top players with top players, mid-level players with mid-level players, what he perceives as bottom players with bottom players. He's going to pair people with equal skill. That's his plan. It's not a blind pairing. He is pairing these on purpose with that goal in mind. And again, single elimination to find out who will win the whole thing. If you don't want to participate in the Play Pure tournament, you'll let Jeremy Steigerwald know when you sign up, and you will simply forfeit your first round match. So the person that you would have played, just they just win automatically and move on to their next opponent. That's what I have concerning the schedule for Grand Gathering 3. There is one concern I have with the schedule, and I'll mention it now. I may be too concerned about this, but one of the things that I'm seeing 
is that there are a lot of plans for people to have featured matches at Grand Gathering 3 beyond just the matches that are scheduled for major LFF championships. For example, City of Champions Wrestling out of Pittsburgh has already announced that they're going to, if possible, defend every single one of their championships at Grand Gathering 3. I know there's talk about the Midwest Coast having a tag team match potentially at Grand Gathering 3. I know there's a grudge match scheduled between Eddie Fury and Phil Birch. I know there's a grudge match scheduled between Detain Bombada and the Great Outdoors. There's going to be a bunch of matches going on. And I'm starting to get a little concerned that people might be biting off more than they can chew, trying to schedule too much. Because again, there's only so much open play. And you have to work out any sort of play pure tournament if you're involved in that. And you have to work out if there are going to be territory battle matches that have to take place. And you have to decide if you want to do drafts and other things. And you have to work out when you're going to eat. And so I'm concerned that people are going to basically try to stuff too much into this weekend. There's already a lot going on. There's going to be championship matches. People like watching those. People like watching big belts defended. And so I don't know if you want to essentially, while the LFF World Heavyweight Championships being defended, you want to try to get in your your local territory's undercard match at the same time. I want to caution against just trying to stuff too much into this weekend because I can see it starting to happen already. I wouldn't be surprised if other territories started announcing they're going to have championships on the line at Grand Gathering 3, and I don't want people to basically bite off more than they can chew. Try to do too much in too short a time. That's just a concern I'm seeing as we get closer to Grand Gathering 3. I think I talked about this last week. I want to talk about it again here because I see it growing. I keep seeing more people wanting to do more at Grand Gathering 3. And I understand why, but I am also just want to warn people, don't try to do too much. Don't try to do too much. Grand Gathering 3 releases. They announced on the last Talk of the Universe... Griff Briggs, the COO of SRG Universe, came out, announced they're going to be releasing something called Old School Packs. This is a 1-27 through 27 deck and single competitor pack that's going to be all brand new competitors, so to speak, and all brand new cards. They announced there are going to be 81 new cards. If you do a little quick math, 81 cards is 3, 1 through 27 decks, which is what is going to be in these old school packs. There are going to be 3 possible 1 through 27 sets. They spoiled the first 1 through 27 set on Talk of the Universe, so check that out if you're interested in seeing what they spoiled. They also announced that in these old school packs, in addition to having 1 of 3 possible 1 through 27 decks, they're going to have one of 12 possible competitor sets. Six of the competitor sets are going to be new versions of competitors that already existed in the game. They spoiled two of those on last week's episode. Those two are 
Cactus Sack, and Boy Howdy. They're going to be a Cactus Sack and Boy Howdy with a new gimmick and new finishes, but with the old logos. So you could run, if you had the older versions, the older Cactus Sack finishes with the new Cactus Sack. You could run the new Cactus Sack finishes with the old Cactus Sack. Same thing with Boy Howdy. Those are two of the six new versions of older competitors. They've also announced that the other six of the 12 new competitors are going to be competitors inspired by pro wrestlers. Two of those were also spoiled on Taco Beavers. The first is a competitor I'd seen before, Overgiven. Over being the opposite of under, giver being the opposite of taker. So Overgiver is the first. The second, Dickie Finesse, clearly inspired by Ric Flair. Those are going to be two of the brand new competitors, never before existed in Super Show, that are going to be in these packs. Based on what they did on Talk of the Universe, it looks to me like every week leading up to the Grand Gathering, they're going to come out, spoil four new competitors, two of the revamped old competitors, and two of the brand new pro wrestler-inspired characters. And they'll talk about one of the 1 through 27 decks. So next week, this is my, this is what I'm gleaning from this. Next week we'll get four new competitors, a new 1 through 27 deck spoiled, and then the last week before Grand Gathering 3 we'll get the last four competitors and the last 1 through 27 deck. That's just what I'm perceiving based on what they did. The price point for the old school pack, they said 20 through $25, somewhere in there, probably $25. So these are going to be $25 packs. I don't know if the competitors are going to be available for purchase outside of the box sets. If you wanted to get all 12, you would have to buy a minimum of 12 box sets. That's going to be at $25 a piece, $300. So it's going to be up to you how much you want to get those sets. If you want to buy enough to get yourself maybe two sets of the 1 through 27 deck. And then maybe buy this competitor single. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to sell them. It's clearly a better deal dollar-wise to buy in the box set. You know, $25 for a 1 through 27 deck and a competitor as opposed to $15 for a competitor. But they are random. You don't know going in who's in what. So if you wanted to get a Dickie Finesse and you buy four old school competitor sets, all four could be the Overgiver. You don't know. Maybe we'll see some trading then. We'll see. But that's what's going on right now at the old school packs. Outside of that, other releases. We may see some new independent wrestler competitor sets released. We know that the Flip Gordon competitor set is coming out at Grand Gathering 3. Flip Gordon himself announced that. We also know he's going to be a guest. He will be there on Friday. So if you have any Flip Gordons you want to get signed, that's probably the time to get Flip to sign your competitors for you. It's also been announced that Madman Fulton will be on hand at Grand Gathering 3. I don't know if there will be a competitor set 
for him at Grand Gathering 3, but he's been announced as a guest. They did also announce, and again, nothing to do with anybody being a guest, but when Griff Briggs was on Talk of the Universe talking about all of this, he did answer a question about a Matt Cross competitor set. That's in the works. So it's confirmed Matt Cross's competitor set is in the works, but no details about it other than it's in the works. That is going to do it for Grand Gathering 3 News. The 2023 CCC Match 1 in Round 1 has wrapped. This was a triad match between the Tartan Terror, the Foreman of the Unionverse, and Jorjito International Cool. Last I looked, there were around 400 votes cast in this contest. You could have voted once an hour, every hour, for who you wanted to see move on. I didn't really see anything from the Tartan Terror outside of one Twitter post I saw from Jeffrey Fox. I did see at least one video from Jorjito. And I believe I saw at least one promo from the foreman. So those two were out there. To me, those two were the favorites. Again, I could be surprised, but to me it felt like it was between the foreman and Jorjito International Cool. And honestly, I don't know who I would pick. I don't know who I would guess one out of those two. There are strengths that I could see resulting in the foreman winning. There are strengths I can see resulting in Jorjito International Cool winning. To me, it's one of those two. If Tartan Terror wins, I'll be shocked. Because again, I didn't see anything from him. I could have missed it, but I didn't see anything from him. We will just have to see. If everything goes according to the schedule, I suspect is in play. I don't know. This is not confirmed. This is just... This is just my understanding from being on the outside looking in. They will announce the winner on Wednesday during Talk of the Universe, and they will announce the next three competitors for match two. I look forward to seeing that. I'll report on that next week when I have it. That's the CCC news. Rising Star 3 Tournament. The opening group stages are done. We have our top 16 bracket. Let me give you the top 16 in matchup order, meaning the first two I mentioned will be the first match, the second two will be the second match, so on and so forth. The top 16 are Craig Blanchfield, coached by Piglet, versus Chris Bridges, coached by General Lee Wong. The foreman, coached by the star maker Everett Stevens, Versus Dwayne Rainey, coached by Candy Moon. Dan Gatowski, coached by Mark Perry. Versus Bradley Townsley, coached by Brian Waitford Schmidt. Drew Madsen, coached by John Polverino. Versus Matt Monday, coached by Matt Barone. Phil Birch, coached by John Polverino. Versus John Pardis. Coached by Matt Hass. Mitchell Semino, coached by Josh Bryan, versus Jason Falson, coached by Johnny Eldorado. Larry Tiblis, coached by Chugonomics, 
versus Will Priest, coached by the grump Danny Thunder, and Zach Ashley, coached by Hold the Line Harry, versus Dustin Smith, coached by Dustin Garner. That is the top 16 for the Rising Star 3 tournaments. In the round of 16, all of the matches will be two out of three falls. The first two falls will be standard singles matches. The third fall, if necessary, will be a steel cage match. You can change your deck lists each round of the top cut, so players will be able to do a new deck list each round. They have until March 5th to play these matches. That is a week from today, as I record this. The round of eight, the quarterfinal round, will have the stipulation picked by the Dark Prince. That's what's going on right now with the Rising Star 3 tournament. Faction Wars 4. We have a top four in Faction Wars 4. The top four are Impact, Dangerous Wool Order, The Higher Class, and The Line. That's your top four in Faction Wars 4. So Phase 2 is over. We are starting Phase 3. The General Manager will be announcing what is going to happen in the round soon. Players will have between 10 and 14 days to build their deck lists. And then the goal is going to be to try to wrap this up at Grand Gathering 3. Which again, one of those things I'm worried about, overbooking Grand Gathering 3. But that is currently the plan for Faction Wars 4. That's the news I have on Faction Wars 4. The number one contender, Underworld Tournament. The top cut is currently underway. Let me give you the top cut for this tournament. Four players on the Legends of the Underworld side. Four players on the Future of the Underworld side. I'll give you the players. I'll give you the stipulation for the matches. I'll give you all the information that I have. As of right now, on the Legends side, Andrew Trebing as Belinda is scheduled to face Press 1P as the Master Chef LMP in a steel chain match. That's the first Legends match. The second Legends match is the Italian Mabata playing as the Magnificent Mr. Ray versus myself playing as Theo the Greek Neo in a dark match. I can already announce that John Polverino and unfortunately the Italian Mambata won their matches. They moved on and faced off in the buddy building and John Polverino won. So John Polverino has made the finals of the Underworld Contender Tournament. On the other side of the Underworld Contender Tournament, the future side, we have the prize fighter Simon Dabner playing as the original Brian Cage, facing Jason Falsone playing as Kenny Omega in a Beast Unchained match. And we have Drew Madsen playing as the Amazing Red, facing either Swaggy D as Swaggy D or the Hidden Threat as Sabu in a Lumberjack match. Those two are currently, at the time this 
was posted, those two were currently playing off in a Ring of Fire match to still make the top cut. I don't have any information on the future side. If that's out there and I've missed it, I apologize. This is what I have. Whoever wins the Beast Unchained match and whoever wins the Lumberjack match, they'll square off in a Psycho Circus match. And then the Futures winner will face the Legends winner, John Polverino, in a Raven's Blood Cemetery match. And again, they are trying to get this done so that the Contender match, the finals between Legends and Futures, can happen at Grand Gathering 3. So another thing they're trying to add on to Grand Gathering 3. Again, I hope they can get all of these things in. But that's what's going on with that. That's the news I have about that tournament. That is pretty much the news outside of featured matches and online tournaments from this past week. I did want to mention, and I should have mentioned this earlier with the Grand Gathering 3 news, in addition to all the other things releasing, there's going to be a new stipulation or new stipulations releasing at Grand Gathering 3. There's going to be a kendo stick stipulation, a ring step stipulation, and a steel chair stipulation. So we've already had the sticks, stairs, and chairs stipulation, the TLC equivalent of that. Now we're getting the singles. Same way we had the TLC, then we had the tables, the ladders, and the steel chain. We had the sticks, steps, and chairs. And now we're getting the kendo stick match, the ring step match, and the steel chair match. Those are also debuting at Grand Gathering 3. I meant to mention that earlier. I apologize for that. Now let's talk about the featured matches from this past week. Monday night, we had a couple of big matches. First, we had the LFF Tri-State Championship on the line. John Pulverino, the champion with Alien Invader, was defending against Mr. Pop and Twist, playing as himself. New York Rules match, went to crowd meter two. The winner, still champion, John Pulverino. Congratulations to him for successfully defending. This was part of a big Monday night event. After this, we had the general manager's corner. I talked about the things he discussed on Grand Gathering 3 earlier. The match night closed with the LFF World Heavyweight Championship match. The challenger, the SRG BOSS playing as the second version of himself. The champion, Big Match Pete, playing as the original Colt Cabana. Scheduled to take place in a Liger's Den match. But before the match started, Big Match Pete, the champion, revealed a Master of Ceremonies card signed by the general manager. Now, there are two things you can do with a signed Master of Ceremonies card. The first is cash them in for a shot at a championship. That's what most people think of when they think of a Master of Ceremonies card. And it's up to the general manager you're cashing it into what championship you get a shot at. There can be some negotiation, but it's their decision. The other thing you can do with a Master of Ceremonies card is you can use it to change the stipulation in a match, which is what Big Match Pete did here. He cashed it in and changed it from a Liger's Den match to a ladder match. So, Big Match Pete versus the boss in a ladder match 
Ladder match goes to crowd meter zero. The winner and still champion, Big Match Pete. So no championships change hands. Monday night, both champions retain. The next featured match from this week was Thursday night. Once again, the Midwest Coast Championship on the line. The Grump, the champion with the Grump, took on Big Jim Bias. Big Jim Bias stepping in for Oracle, who declined the offer of a shot the Grump gave her. Big Jim Bias played as El Super Ombre, the original El Super Ombre, in this match. This was a standard singles match that went quite a while, about 20 minutes or so, to crowd meter one with the winner, still champion, the Grump Danny Thunder, a.k.a. Chili Willy, a.k.a. so on and so forth. Don't know all the a.k.a.s. I may never know them all. Congratulations to him on successfully defending. I don't have any other featured matches outside of the Sunday Night Fights featured matches I'll talk about at the end of the show. I can announce that the next challenger for the Intergalactic Championship is Hold the Line Harry. Hold the Line Harry will challenge the Dread Pirate Tech Support after Dojo next week, next Tuesday. That's February 28th, late, probably around 10 p.m., twitch.tv slash Universe. Now let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. Monday night, we start off with Monday night consigliere fights. There were 12 players in Monday night's tournament, three groups, four players per group. Each player plays the other three in the group. Top two records advance into the top cut, gives us a top cut of six. From what I understand, there were two play-in matches. Those matches used the table stipulation. After those planned matches, we had a top four. Top four was played using no disqualification. And then the finals was a main event match. It looks like there was a third place match as well, possibly under the main event stipulation too. Top four Monday night were in fourth place, playing as Pride, Zach Atchley. In third place, playing as Emo Ma'am, Chris Pate. The finalists were Dwayne Rainey as Jacob Fatu and the Cannoli as Lycan, with the winner, the Cannoli as Lycan. Congratulations to the Cannoli for winning Monday night. Thursday night, we have Chibi's Thursday night fights. There were 24 players in this tournament. They were divided up into four groups, six per group. Each player plays the other five. Top two from each group advance to the top cut. So we have a top cut of eight. In the first round of the top cut, all of the matches were New York Rules matches. In the semifinals, all of the matches were steel cage matches. And the finals match, as well as the third place match, from what I understand, was a buddy building match. The top four were in fourth place, playing as the player of the era. The Grump Danny Thunder. In third place, playing as Emo Ma'am, the creator of Emo Ma'am, Candyman. The finalists were Candyman Dan as Sabu and John Press1P playing as the perfect assistant. The winner 
of Thursday Night Fights, John Press One P. Congratulations to him for winning. And I should have mentioned this earlier. This was another thing I forgot to mention. I'll mention it here. In addition to all the things that the general manager announced, he announced that when a person between last Monday and the Grand Gathering 3, when they win either a Monday or Thursday night tournament, they get to choose their entrance in the initial pod of the Grand Battle. So they can choose if they want to be the first man in, the fourth man in, the sixth man in, whatever they want to do. So those two winners, as I just mentioned, are the Cannoli and John Press 1P. So they will be able to tell the general manager if they want to be the last man in in their grand battle pods. So those are big wins for them. Friday night. I don't have a ton of information about Friday night. Let me give you what I have on Friday night. Friday night was a tag team event hosted by Matt Barone. It's called Tag Team Mania. According to the description on Supershowthegame.com, it's an event where you'll be paired with a random tag team partner for each match. No stipulations outside of tag. So I don't know how many players. I don't know how many rounds. I don't know what the format was. I can give you the top four. The top four in this event were, in fourth place, the tag team of the Italian Bombada and Drew Madsen. In third place, the tag team of Jason Falsone and the Cheetah. In second place, the tag team of Candy Me and Dan and Chris Pate. And the winners of the tag team events, Young Allergy and Zach Ashley. That's what happened on the Friday night event. Saturday night, we had a pop-up hosted by the SRG BOSS. This was a pop-up revolving around the sticks stairs and chairs matches the new stipulations kendo stick ring step steel chain matches let me give you what i have on that it was a free event it had an entry fee at the last minute it was changed to free there were six players in the event it looks like the six of them were paired off in three singles matches and then the winners of the singles matches went on and played in a sticks, stairs, and chairs triad match. I don't know this to be the case, but I would not be shocked if, in the singles matches, they used the kendo stick stipulation in one, ring step stipulation in the second, and steel chair stipulation in the third, and then they went on to have a triad match, sticks, stairs, and chairs. That's what it looks like makes the most sense to me. I don't know that 100%. The three men in the triad finals were Will Priest playing as Loudmouth Leo Larynx, Edo Ortiz playing as The Wreck, and the phenomenal one Kirk Polka playing as Emo Man. With the winner of the Saturday Night Pop-Up event, Kirk Polka as Emo Man. Congratulations to Kirk Polka for winning the Saturday Night event. I also have results from two Locals events, both from Misos Games in Louisville, Kentucky. The first was from the 23rd. It looks like a round-robin tournament. Seven players, six matches total. Top three were in third place, playing as Captain Connie, Colton Janikowski. In second place, playing as Queen of Cupcakes, Kirk Polka. 
and the winner going undefeated playing as Jessica Havoc, Harvey Luster. Congratulations to him for his win. That's the first Misos event. The second Misos event from earlier today. It is also a round-robin tournament from what I am seeing. Eight players here. So seven matches per player. Each player plays the other seven. Top three in this event end up being in third place, playing as Macho Manny, Alexander Slamilton. In second place, playing as Emo Ma'am, the phenomenal one Kirk Polka. And in first place, playing as Fortress, Harvey Luster. Congratulations to him for winning the second Misos event this week. Undefeated in the first, only losing once in the second. Congratulations to him. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. It's a short episode this week because the two singles matches end up being short matches. The first match of the night is for the LFF Underworld Championship. The challenger, Johnny Korea, playing as Ra Ra Perry. The champion, Mysterious, playing as Mastermind. Standard singles match. Just a few turns, crowd meter zero, the winner with a death by elbow, a new champion, Johnny Korea. Congratulations to him for becoming the next man to hold the most prestigious championship in the Legendary Fighting Federation. Second match of the night, the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship on the line. The challengers, the team of Cold Candy, from what I understand, they Penguin, playing as the Witch's Apprentice, Candyman Dan playing as Fortress. They're the challengers. The champions, Philadelphia. Everett Stevens, the star maker, as the Shadow Phoenix, and the prize fighter, Simon Davner, as Johnny Gargano. New York rules match, so no disqualifications, no countouts. Starts at crowd meter one. This is a decent length match. It goes to crowd meter three. The winner... New champions, Cold Candy. Congratulations to them for winning. They will go into Grand Gathering 3 as champions. They will face the team of Lobo Suicida and Johnny Eldorado. The final match of Sunday Night Fights is for the Deep South Championship. The singles, not the tag. The challenger, Prince Butters, playing as his creation, Unicorn Princess. The champion, the master strategist, Micah Swafford, playing as Najamai. Again, another short match. Crowd meter zero. The winner, Prince Butters. All new champions tonight on Sunday Night Fights. Congratulations to Prince Butters. Congratulations to all of the winners. The next challenger for the Deep South Championship will be the player of the era, Kirk Polka. Kirk Polka will bring the Queen of Cupcakes and take on Prince Butters and Unicorn Princess. This match, like the one I mentioned before, will take place at Grand Gathering 3. Speaking of Grand Gathering 3 and Kirk Polka, Kirk Polka earlier tonight made an announcement. The Misos Gaming Group is going to challenge the TVA in what they're calling a Barnyard Warfare match. Also at Grand Gathering 3. No details other than the challenge has been thrown down. Will the TVA pick up the gauntlet? I don't know. Again, my only concern is this is another event that they're trying to make happen at Grand Gathering 3. 
as far as events for this upcoming week are concerned, there's currently nothing on SuperShowTheGame.com, but look for a Monday Night Consigliere fight, look for a Chibi's Thursday Night fight, Dojo Tuesday Nights on Twitch.tv slash SRGUniverse, and there could be any number of pop-ups. In addition, my local promotion, BCW, at our home store, Pixel Palace Games, will be hosting a Create an Alt Art Card Tournament. That is March 4th. If you're interested in that, you're a local player, see the posting on the BCW Facebook group for more details. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.